Welcome to the Inspired Teacher's Guide podcast. We are Kim Wilkins and Laura Woldridge, just two teachers trying to podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us. Our goal is to help you by discussing a variety of topics that will help you as a whole in the same way we want to focus on the whole child. On this podcast, we will be talking in and outside the classroom. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. So, Laura, it's our number seven of all children. Yeah, how about that? That's exciting. Uh, It is so exciting. On our last episode, we had the opportunity to discuss your questions. If you haven't had a chance to listen, we think you'll enjoy it and be inspired for the new year. But today is a bonus episode. We'll be focusing on gaining new ideas for the new school year. Mm, I'm excited about the new school year. Me too. Okay, so what we are going to do is walk through a process that I have tested on seven groups of teacher in, teacher interns, teacher candidates. My poor eighth, eighth group missed this lesson, and so this episode is dedicated to you guys. We are going to do a little bit of a backward design, if you're familiar with that process. We really encourage you to either just think out loud as we discuss our answers to questions or possibly even write down your responses. There's nothing like being prepared mentally and physically for the first day and first week. And hopefully after today, you'll feel a little bit better about both situations, the mental and physical. Sounds good. All right. Let's start off by thinking about our goals for the first day. You know, like we're, we're focusing really on that first day, but much of our conversation will stretch into the first, you know, week or two weeks. But what I want to ask you guys to do and what Kim and I are going to do is think of three words that when we go home exhausted after that first day of school and I'm eating dinner, what do I want to be able to say about myself? What do I want to think? You know, I was this today. And then hopefully what are my students saying about me? We're going to share our three words first, and then we'll take it a little deeper. Kim, what's a word that you hope you can say about you at the dinner table that night? Well, I hope that, and this is, it's two words, but it's the same, (laughs) kind of a kind slash compassionate. That's one. Um, I think that's a great one. I, I I hope that kids leave there. And I hope I can say, you know, today I was kind and compassionate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you'll feel really good about yourself that if Me you can too. say that. Uh, my first word is passionate. I hope that I can bring some passion oh, to the classroom. I bet you do. <laughs> Maybe a little too much. I know you and I do. I bet you I bet that's one word that you'll be able to say. Okay, uh, what's your second one? My second one, I think you and I both have this one, but it's organized. Yeah, that's my second one too. I do I mean, too. I think I'm going to be, I'm going to be a happier teacher if I, if I have an organized day, you know, Me too. And organized Laura. So, Me too. okay, what's your last one? My last one is engaging. Good. My last That's word one is engaging. Mine too, but I didn't, I couldn't put it on my third, my list of my three. So, <laughs> calm, but not too calm. So, yes. Goldilocks again. Yes. Um, yeah. I think that is, well, I'll talk about it in a minute, but that's a big focus of mine. Mm-hmm. 
we can talk about why these words are important to us and then what we are going to do, like what actions are we going to plan to do in order to get those words said about us? Okay. All right. Gotcha. Okay. So my first one is kind slash compassionate. I want my students, any students that I have, and, and this is true when I'm working with teachers too, I think, um, I, you know, because, you know, I, I work with kids and I work with teachers. So I, I really want my students to know that I'm their person and I have their back. But I also want my teachers to know that. I want them to know, you know what? I can go to Miss Kim. She's not going to go crazy on me. She's got my back. She's my person. And I want she my- She understands me. She welcomes she's me. been there. I've done that. I've had these same experiences. Do not feel bad about it. I don't want teachers. Teachers are put a huge guilt trip on themselves and they, they worry and fret about things. I know this because I do it too. But I want- my teachers to know that I have their back and okay. So you messed up a lesson. I have too. I do it almost daily, but I want the teachers to know, you know what? She's got my back. She's my person. I can go to her with anything. And I want kids to know that I want students to know that Miss Kim is my person. I can go to her with anything and she's got my back and she's going to help me. She's going to be there for me. Mm -hmm. So I think we do that by being open yeah. To them and being good listeners. We really have to we really have to listen to what people are saying mm-hmm. and being open. And and I've learned this from my husband actually. Um I'll be talking to him and he'll just be looking at me and I'll be thinking, What <laughs> what's wrong? <laughs> but he's he's considering all of his responses before he responds. Mm. And I think I am not really good at that. I'm a sometimes a knee-jerk person. So I have to be very intentional and conscious of being a good listener and giving myself a minute to think about it before I respond. That's with any person. That's with a little person, a big person, a middle-sized person. So that that they know that I have that they can come to me and I'm not going to freak out. I right. think that's probably the thing. Yeah. Well, I think we can show kids that we are kind and compassionate by planning time for them to talk and then really trying to engage, which is yes. harder if you just have them 45 minutes on the first day of school. It is. But it is. And it's harder. It's really in that relationship building. Mm-hmm. It's harder if you're working with teachers and you see them. I see them today, but I may not see them next week and it may right. be. It may be eight school days before I see them again. So yeah, that that is tough. A PE teacher and a music teacher would have that same situation. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true, Laura. I didn't think about that. I'm just thinking, showing that kind and compassionate, just planning times, a little time for them to talk, and then really showing that we're listening to the whole group, or you know, maybe just a few voices or whatever. If you are crammed on that 45 minutes, mm-hmm. I, I don't. Know, that, that's a harder to do, but. Absolutely. I think we can show kindness and compassion and And body's language too. Oh, yes. Being open and not arms crossed Mm -hmm. or a stern look on our face. I Mm -hmm. I think facial expressions are huge. Body language and facial expressions. You and I both need to work on our facial (laughs) reactions. (laughs) We do. 
I mean, I, I do not need to play poker. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. For my passionate, this is really something that I don't have to try hard on. No, you don't. my content. I am fired up to teach really whatever it is I'm going to teach, except some higher level math. Yeah. Uh, not, not but I want to show them, I want to show whoever I'm teaching, not only passionate about my content, but passionate about my students. Mm-hmm. planning time, connection time. And most likely in my situation, it will have to be whole group. And so mm-hmm. a, a way that I've done that is we play a simple little game and they're sharing something very odd about them. That usually brings some humor out. Mm-hmm. And then I can kind of play off of that uh, mm-hmm. and, and build that connection and show some engagement with them, even yes. though it's just 30 seconds but I really want to show excitement about being with them about the content and excitement about the future. Yes. Because in your job, you're training future teachers. Mm -hmm. So you really want to pass that passion on to them that this, this is the most important job in my opinion. Right. Probably other people think uh, other things, but in my opinion, this is the most important job out there because we are training people who are going to make a difference in our future generations. They're going to be teaching doctors. They're going to be teaching um, scientists. They're going to be teaching mathematicians. They're going to be teaching all these different professionals who will lead our world. And so um, we need them to go out and have that same level of passion. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think even if I were teaching second grade math, I would be, I would try to show how excited I was about math. Honestly, I can get excited about second grade math. I, I, I can, no, second grade, yes, I can do it. Yeah. But you I, know, I, people just learn better in a positive environment. It doesn't matter how old we are, how young we are or whatever, we are going to learn better. And so if I can start that fire on day one, man. Yeah. Yes. I think so too. I do too, Laura. And, and honestly, there's a whole ton of research out there about stress and learning. So if there's passion, there's kindness, there's compassion, we take the stress off the learner Mm -hmm. because they're not going to be able to learn if they're anxious and worried and scared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can go back and forth about this one because our second word is organized. What are we going to do? So if, if the little kindergartners could say, Miss Kim is so organized, <laughs> if they had those verbal skills, what actions will we do to show that we are organized? Well, I think we need to be a model of organization, like mm-hmm. have a place for everything and everything in its place. Um, I read something the other day, the best way to get organized is to get rid of most of your stuff. And we are stuff people. Mm-hmm. We keep things that are very old because... You know, we might not, we might need that someday, but honestly, there's a lot of things we need to get rid of. So that's one thing. And we've talked about organization before on this podcast. I think being a model of organization, because students, we're probably teaching some students, maybe not all, who don't come from a place of organization and they don't really know what that should look like. So I think it helps their executive skills overall. That whole part. So I think teaching them how to be organized in their own space at school. 
and then in communal spaces. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is the classroom. This is the writing center. So what does that look like? Or this is the library center and how do I put things back? Yeah. Um, with little kids. And I know my daughter-in-law does this. I've talked about Lexi on here before. Um, she does this as well, but I think we do, we, they are a part of organizing those smaller parts of the classroom. So let's say school started and um, I'm going to teach the kids. I've got early childhood, kindergarten, first, second, maybe even third grade. And I've got a writing center in my classroom. So in that instance, we talk about, okay, let's think about what we need in that writing center. Well, we're going to need paper and we're going to need markers and pencils and we're going to need maybe a stapler. And we're going to, so we list off those things and then we literally say, okay, where do you think we should put these things? And then we role play going to that space and putting things back the way they go. So I think that's how you do it with littles. Mm -hmm. And that, that will take a lot of time because you'd roll out center by center. So don't don't pressure to do that on the first day of school. But, no, you can't. No, 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 no. I think that's where we mess up with centers is we mm-hmm. rush into it. You would be better off. I hear what everything I say, but you would be better off to not start a center and give them some seat work for a while until you've explained and modeled and role played very well every center in your classroom to open it up because how you want them to respond, how you want them to write in their response log. Mm -hmm. Everything has to be taught. And that is part of organization. So I think those, that's how I, I do that with kids. I teach them exactly how I want things to be done, things to be done. I Mm -hmm. learned that I've talked about Miss Markin on here before. She taught me how in second grade, she taught them exactly how to write on the paper. Then there wasn't ever, you can't, you can't be upset with children for doing things incorrectly if you haven't modeled and practiced and given feedback over the procedures that you want done in your classroom. So I think, I think organization is huge. I think the model, thinking about your priority procedures, which we'll talk about later in this episode, that will be a great way to send the message is that this room is organized. Mm -hmm. And I think when we're doing that, it's so important to say, this is not just for me, students or girls and boys, but this is to also help you. The purpose of our classroom is to learn and we want to make it as smooth as can be. So I will, for my organization, I'm, I'm kind of going pretty easy on it, but when I sit down the first day of school, I just want to think I, I have had a plan and I rocked the plan and I had a backup plan just in case I finished early, which if you're listening, college students, ha, 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 that never happens. But um, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's okay. The, my intro students who then go on to be upperclassmen, they always joke. They're like, oh, they'll learn that they never get out early. But, you know, I I want to really show that, you know, if, as I'm teaching procedures, as I rock the plan, that we, we have a tight, happy ship that's going to run smooth, Mm -hmm. as smooth as possible. And I think that all goes back to planning. I do too. Laura, I, I had spaces, I may have talked about this before, but in my students' desks, and I taught them exactly how to put things back in their desk mm-hmm. a certain way. Um, it saves time. Yeah. So 
yeah every ounce of of procedure stuff we can do works. exactly but we don't want to overkill them on the first day of school no not the first day of school but the first week of first week first weeks yes plural of school mm-hmm. we're teaching them how our classrooms organized and how they can be organized too yeah. this is a skill it's not innate oh for my youngest son yes for my middle son no oh, my middle <laughs> child He's so much better though because he's married to Lexi, who's very organized. She helped develop those skills. Yes, yes. Okay, how are you going to? You said your last word was engaging, and so what specific things are you going to do, okay. Kim, on Thursday? When my, I don't want students to be passive. I do not want them to be passive because when they're passive, their brain's somewhere else and they're not thinking. So I want, mm-hmm. I don't want them to be bored. Obviously, um, I try to plan activities that keep them engaged. One thing I think we do in schools, or I do, I have to really watch myself on, is that I um, don't have things paced well. So one way I can do that is keep by keeping my pace. I don't have to te- teach them everything they need to know today. Right. I, it'd be better to teach one or two things and then move on. So I think pacing is important to keep kids engaged. And then activities where everybody is involved. Um, I can get silly in a classroom. My high school kids last year, because I have, so Laura and I are former cheerleaders. <laughs> if you saw me, you'd go, you were? Okay. Yeah, that was a day or two ago. But I do little chants and cheers all day. And even my high school kids got a kick out of it. So I think uh, be true to yourself. Be true to your own personality. I mean, that's my personality. It doesn't have to be yours. But whatever it is that you do to keep kids engaged, if you have to be silly, be silly. Mm -hmm. And and have plenty of activities. So when you read the room, and you see they're, okay, I'm losing them. We're going to switch and, right. and switch gears here. I think having plenty of activities and um, planned out and then um, let your personality shine through. I mean, this, someone said to me one time years ago, probably when I first started teaching, it's a little bit of a of skill and a whole lot of art and craft. It's our craft. And so mm-hmm. we need to hone our craft and and it's a it's a lot of acting. Yeah. You're on stage almost. We are on a stage. Yeah. Yeah. The lights are bright. Yeah, they're bright. <laughs> okay, my word of calm, not too calm. This is just something I've really been working on. Um, the past two years, it's been a project. I get what a little too passionate. And um, sometimes that's overwhelming to students. Mm-hmm. And I have been really practicing saying to myself, it's okay if we don't finish that. That yeah. will be all right. Um, planning intentional time to stop, to breathe, uh-huh. to just gather myself and not feel like I'm trying to max out the 47 minutes for every second. Right. Last year, I was really watching my voice trying to monitor where I wasn't being so powerful with my voice, you know, I don't don't know how to explain it. No, that's interesting that you said that. I read a chapter yesterday in our book um, about a teacher's voice is their most important tool. 
um, because we can raise the volume, lower the volume. Mm-hmm. And I tell teachers this a lot. There's a Bible verse, a gentle answer turns away wrath. And, and that is true. When we go loud, they get up there. So really coming down and whispering to children sometimes is mm-hmm. way more effective than getting loud. So I think calm and giving them little brain breaks and time to just reflect and process. And, mm-hmm, process mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, at those, we came up with some really good words. We did. We both said intentional. It's not on our list. Yes. But I do think really intentionally planning to be calm, to be organized, to be passionate, to be engaging, to be organized, to be kind and compassionate, really being intentional in those areas. Like this is, this is the person I want to be. Mm -hmm. I want my kids to leave there and feel that way. And I want to end my day and think, you know what? I did it. That's what I wanted to do. And I did it. Right. And we have to intentionally plan to get it, to get there. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Okay, let's think about what we want our students to walk away feeling or knowing. We can just go through these really quickly. Okay. But what what do we hope, you know, we know we want them thinking these three things about us and we want to think these three things about ourselves, but what do we hope that they know and feel when they leave either that period or that day? Well, I think if we want that calm and kind and compassionate, we really need to establish that our classroom is a safe place. Mm-hmm. We need to lay the groundwork for our classroom environment. This is a safe place. We're a family here. We're going to be together a lot mm-hmm. for a lot of days, spend a lot of time together. When you're in this room, you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important for us to think about to establish the safety between ourselves and the students but then to start building the safety of student to student. And that is harder as they get older, junior high, oh, high school, college, the boundaries are up. The, um, the risk of saying something is so, right. so high. It is. The way I like is in my class. And what if I say something? So trying to establish the safety of, of talking and communicating all those things. You know, I think we do that by one way we do that is by admitting to kids when we mess up. That's good. Because we're all going to mess up in this room. We are. Right. And, and I will. I can, we will. <laughs> and I have said many times to kids, you know what? I just taught that completely wrong. That is not exactly how I wanted to teach it. I messed up. Let me do that again. So I think letting them know that we're human and we mess up and it's okay. We're, we're all going to make, I messed up. It's first day school and I messed up and you're going to mess up too. And it's okay. It's not the end of the world and we can redo. Oh. Um, we, we're all going to mess up. I messed up today, guys. I said that wrong and I made a mistake. Let me redo it. And guess what? You're in this classroom and there's going to be a time when you make a mistake and you're going to mess up, but it's okay. We're, this is a safe space and we're good. What you were saying, I think about the older kids get, I noticed this because I'm a grandmother and I notice a lot of kids are on, little kids are on TikTok and uh, YouTube kids and may or may not be monitored. There's a lot of stuff on there that 
mama's cooking dinner and she doesn't know that this is being watched. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think children younger and younger are getting that kind of pressure that we didn't, I didn't have in the eighties. I didn't have it in the eighties. I doubt you had it in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, but kids today have a lot more pressure on them. So establishing that safe space in a classroom is I think even more critical especially mid-level through junior high, because those kids are so tender and insecure. And I just always think this is an investment. The first, the first days are the hardest days to start getting them talking and building that environment, but I have to keep working on it. And hopefully in a few weeks, I'll start really seeing fruit from it. And I do. Yes. Sometimes I'm like, when is it going to hit? No, when will it crystallize? And then finally it does, Uh but it it takes intention to get that vibe going on. This is a we place. This is our classroom. We're all learning things like that. Yeah. We really do want to create a vibe of Mm -hmm. a classroom. Like this is our, this is our our place. This is our place. Yeah. Well, we touched on this earlier, but I really want my students to walk away feeling that they were engaged, that they were involved in the learning, and that's the way that it will be in this class. Mm -hmm. I want to teach my priority procedures. I want them to know, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes, but what needs to be, what necessary knowledge do they need, um, you know, for that first day? Yeah, the other thing we had on our list was fun. Uh, Somebody asked my husband about my job, and he said, you know, my wife judges her day by how much fun she had (laughs) at work. He said, I don't know anybody else who says, oh, it was not any fun, or I didn't have fun today at school, or oh, I had a fun day. He said, but I said, oh, teachers are like that. Like, we, that's who we are. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's elementary. I don't know, but oh, I had fun almost every day. I know I have fun in workshops teaching mm-hmm. teachers, so I do think we want to make it a little fun. Mm-hmm. I do, and we can you know do fun in many different ways, adding some humor, mm-hmm. um, you know, an engaging activity, just trying to add a little life. No, I, I do. I really want my classroom to feel different. That me too. We're not. This is not the norm. Yeah. And memories are tied to emotions. Mm-hmm. So the strong, if you think about the memories you have in your life, there's probably a really strong emotion linked to that. Absolutely. So we want those emotions to be positive, but we want it to, there to be emotion. We want there to be fun and laughter and engagement. So I think that helps them remember. And it's almost similar to a movie trailer. I see it and I want to go watch it. I yeah. want to tease, I want them to be excited a to come teaser. back tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, you know, for I sure. I was in a big competition at college with the eight a having an eight a.m. class, and I needed I needed a little teaser to get them out of bed and get them to class. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they're in college; they don't have to be there. Yeah. 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 Um, another thing that I want to really like walk away feeling and knowing is I need to try to get to know those names. And that is very hard when you have 152 students. Oh, I know. But um, a simple trick I did is I just, um, I wrote down where they were from and their funny thing. And that, you know, really helped me remember. So 
you know, and it, it took some days, some repetition of seeing people. And saying their name over and over. I would literally practice while I was drying my hair. I would be like, Kim from Walcott, she likes She's good goofy. food. <laughs> What'd you say? She's goofy. <laughs> She's goofy. She cheers as she teaches. Yeah. Something to jog my memory. And then yeah. I, as they walked in the door, I would practice. And then if I couldn't come up with it, I would be like, first letter, give me your first letter. And then if I couldn't remember it, I'd be like, okay, help me out a little bit more. Yeah. I really tried to, to take that on. When I was teaching elementary, I would go get the yearbook from the previous year. Oh, that's and copy good. the pages and circle my kiddos and practice their names in the summer. Yeah, that's good. So at open house, when they walked in the door, I knew who they were. Mm-hmm. Oh, my my high school kids. students at the beginning, when I first got them, I would, before they came in, I would read over their names and think about where they sat till I learned everybody's name. Yeah, I think you have to practice those names. You really do. You uh-huh. really do. Oh, being welcoming. I think we want them to walk away with that. I, oh. I take the content, definitely. We, mm-hmm. we need to do some teaching on the first day of school, and it's going to be very light. Mm-hmm. But And even if you have 45 minutes, they need a little taste of what's to come. That's right. I, truly that's, I think that's it. where you teach your procedures is with a little content. Kind again, with a teaser. I think as if you're teaching small children, you got to get down on their level. I'm five oh, yeah. nine mm-hmm. and I wear heels because I like being tall. So I, you know, I get, I, I squat, kneel down so I can be eye to eye and make eye contact. And I think making eye contact makes it welcoming too. And then, and then obviously, you know, we hear about teaching procedures, 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 but some of that's done through teaching content. So mm-hmm. as I'm teaching this content, I'm going to teach you how I want you to respond or whatever the case may be. Typically, I started off with a reflection at the, you know, the higher level, some kind of reflection. And I would teach how I wanted a Google Doc submitted because I, oh, this girl good. does not accept PDFs. I wanted in Google Doc form so I can comment back. And so yeah. I, we did, it was content related reflection, but I also taught what I wanted taught. Yeah, know? the procedures for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing we need to walk away knowing is how they're getting home. (laughs) Oh my goodness. My principal, Mr. Smith, if you're listening, Mr. Smith, he would say, I don't care if you do anything else. I don't care what you do. Just make sure you know how they're getting home and get them home because we don't want them here at the end of the day. (laughs) Now I was from a huge district, not huge, but we had a huge busing. Remember how those buses were, Laura? There were waves of buses. It was a county central station. Oh my word. Waves of buses. And you want to make sure you know how those babies are getting home because the last thing a little child's parent wants is for the bus to come and their baby not be on there. So make sure you know how those kids are getting home. (laughs) Oh, man. And you, if you're like me, we had an early bus wave and a late bus wave. And Mm -hmm. sometimes my early bus riders would miss and that would be my fault. And I really had to set up timers and reminders and I and I, Tristan who remembered everything. Uh, I activated him. I know. I literally ran, ran a group of second graders all the way to the junior high just to get them on a bus because they missed the first wave. <laughs> Come on. 
Oh, I, I also think that we we and students need to walk away with a vision of the year or the course or or you know just what life is going to be mm-hmm. like. So yeah. elementary, you know, you can do some basic beginning of the year stuff in the morning, but in the afternoon, you do a quick run through of your days, so a little read aloud at the carpet, a little math, a little phonics, a little just they exactly that's lessons. Adhere to your they need to, they need to get the flow of what life is going to be going to that's be right. Like that's right. I think yeah. for middle school up to higher ed, I mean, it's harder, but. I can still, I, I can give them a vision. Like a lot of times I would give them a topic list and we would kind of generate just an idea of what all we'll learn about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would oh, be, that just kind of settles their brain into a little bit of comfort. It goes along with emotional safety. Yeah. So if you're teaching high school algebra, you could kind of give an overview. Okay. This, mm-hmm. These are these are the topics we're going to study this year. Or right. if you're teaching world history, hey guys, I'm super excited about this. These are the topics we're mm-hmm. going to learn about this year. Some important people and some yeah. places we'll go or, you know, right, right. figuratively that we'll go. Oh, I think you could do virtual field trips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. More virtual field yeah, trips. Yeah, I think so. So, and I just definitely want to be prepared for the first day. So, just have okay. too much. My mother-in-law says, I'd rather have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. So I think that's the truth for teachers. Yeah. Okay. Let's think about what we will be doing when the students enter the room, where we will be and what we will be doing. And just know if you are a brand new teacher, it's a lot to handle, like a lot to handle that first hour. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even more in your head than what's going on in the room. So we need to be very thoughtful about what were our plans. So where do we want to be and what do we want to be doing when when the bell rings and here they come? So I think you, you have to greet them at the door. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to greet them. So let's say you've got, um, I don't know, schools do it differently, but let's say you have kids, not everybody, but some of your kids may be bringing school supplies. So you've got to have a place and people say, Hey, put your Kleenexes there, put your crayons there, whatever. I think kind of have a plan for materials as they come in. Cause it's, it's overwhelming. Yes. And, but I do think greeting them at the door is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot you, of, if you're, if you're at the door yeah. making sure that you can see, your classroom and the hall being that half, like, like your back should be <laughs> on the railing. Eyes in the back of your head. Well, that's another thing, Laura. I, you've got to have something for kids to do as they come in. So I usually have an about me and you can have an about me sheet for kindergarten and you can have an about me sheet for high school students. And I had one for college. And you had one for college. Yeah. So I think I, having them something to do ready to go and something that we can we can greet them we can tell them who we are i'm so glad we're here and here's where i need you to go and here is what i need you to do exactly like the and so they've got to be able to do whatever we're telling them to do independently oh yeah I've got 24 other kids coming in the door that's right so making sure that I even have some visual support on the board you know, if they're old enough to read or picture support, maybe it's a picture of a book or whatever, but that's, I need to be very explicit 
and and have those directions ready to press play to come out of my mouth. Yeah. And secondary kids are very apprehensive. So they don't know you. They don't Mm -hmm. know. I mean, you can, we, we all want to be their safe person and we want this to be a safe space, but they don't know that. Right. And we don't know what background they're coming from. So I think, you know, have something that's easy for them to do. Let's make it easy the first time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they're, they're nervous too. And they may not be in a class with any of their friends. Right. Um, I, I will be smiling as much as possible. Absolutely. Me too. That not smiling till December is not a, it's not a thing for me. That is one of the worst advice pieces Terrible. I've ever heard. But, you know, making sure my body language is also, you know, being very engaged and, and comforting. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that, you know, I, I might be at the door or close to the door, but at times where there's no one walking in, I need to be circulating around the room. You know, are you okay? Do you need help? Yeah. Or, you know, just maybe asking another question, but yeah. we need to be keeping our eyes, you know, our eyes really on everyone. It's start game on. Let's start yeah. monitoring. Yeah. But we were really set the expectation for, Hey, Oh, remember you're supposed to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, setting the expectation of I have a plan and we are starting to work the plan even before we start class. That's right. <laughs> so um, what kinds of things do you think they should work on when they walk in? What are some ideas you have? Well, like you said, the about, about me thing, I, I think an interest inventory, things like that. Mm-hmm. We just need to make sure that we have a plan that we have looked at it, that we will look at it at some point in time, that it just doesn't go in a filing cabinet. That's true. Yeah. We talked, I think we talked about that a little bit with Angie, you know, maybe a bin of books out Mm -hmm. for older ones, you know, some kind of do now, which it could be a reflection about how they learn or a topic. I really try to avoid summer because a lot of times summer is not a great topic for kids. That's true. Not a good memory. You know, we're teachers. We probably take a summer vacation, but a lot of our kids don't. Yeah. They don't know what that is. Summer is full of neglect and harsh, mm-hmm. you know, hard times. Yeah. I mean, drawing um, a conversation starter, little sheet for your table, things to talk about. Yeah. Just trying to get them to do something um, that they can do independently and calmly. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're usually pretty good that first day, but yeah, we there's have a- all these teachery things, these items that we have to get turned into the office. We have, I mean, we've got to figure out how they get home. We've got to right. deal with this enormous amount of stuff that's coming to our classroom today. And so it's a huge adrenaline push. I, I can just remember even, even the beginning of a semester at college, the first day is a huge adrenaline push for me, especially at the beginning, the very beginning yeah. of the day. I think that when the kids come in and the bell has sounded or it's time for class to start, you know, you need a minute to clear your brain. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. really believe it just to center yourself. And maybe you look at your, you know, your plans. I do a bulleted list of the flow of my, my day. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And it's very thorough, but it is very helpful to me. I just have to remember to look at it. But <laughs> if I just like take a second and review and then I say, oh, welcome everyone. My name is, you are in whatever, because, you know, sometimes in junior and high school and college, they show up at the wrong class. Yeah. Like, okay. Hold on, everybody. I'm going to get Kim to the right place. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it is important to plan just a second to clear your brain. Yeah, I think so too. So you're ready to start. Okay. What are we going to do at the very beginning of class? I just remember, I don't know if you remember your first year, but when I went to shut the door, I was almost panicking. Oh, I was too. Oh my gosh. They're, they're here for six hours. I'm really going to do this. No. What am I going to do with them? So our First, our first moves, what can our first moves do when their bell rings or we close the door? Well, I think they need to hear about us because they don't know us. Yeah. So they need to know who we are, what do we like to do, some things about our family. I don't know what, what our, our pastimes are. Like mm-hmm. I like to cook boys and girls. I like to make bread and I make bread once a week. And so some days I'll be bringing cinnamon rolls because that's something I enjoy doing. And, you know, just whatever it is that we like to do that we enjoy and maybe, um, some pictures of our family. I, I actually do that sometimes in workshops when it, when it works, not any good grandmother is going to share her grandchildren. (laughs) I'm so proud of my kids. What we enjoy doing or books. I'm thinking about if you're teaching English, your some of your favorite books that you enjoyed as a child, as a teenager, and as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're teaching history, some different topics that you love to explore. So even you can share a little bit about yourself, and you don't have to share tons, but I think they right. need to know who you are. Right, right. And then if you can even connect it to content, that would be even better because you're again. You're you're a PR show for your course or for your class. So. You are. Mm-hmm. So it's a I, it's time to get uh, it's time to campaign for yourself in your classroom. <laughs> yeah. Well, All right. Another thing I think what needs to be a first when when I am teaching, I'll do my little about me. But then the next thing is I get them knowing each other. When um, I was in elementary course, we went or elementary class. We I taught them how to go to the carpet. We went to the carpet and we played a name game. When I'm at the college level, I also played the similar name game, but it was in the circle form. We were standing up uh-huh. and they loved it. Uh, I've done celebrity interview. Have you ever done celebrity interview? No, tell me about oh, that. Okay. So what you do is you can either provide questions like, how do you like your eggs? Or I just tell my students, we are not doing boring questions. Like, what's your favorite color? You know, who would you love to eat dinner with, dead or alive? Um, well, that's are good. you a bed maker? Why or why not? Just, just so you have them just draw out a question and answer it. What I did, what, this would be in groups of four. I put them in groups of four was I just had index cards and I typically started them out with six questions and then I let them, they got to look at my six questions and then their group got to create, you know, four more or something like that. So each question is on an index card. You take your stack of index cards 
and one person at your table stands up and is the celebrity. And I always say, all right, everybody, it's time to ooh and awe them because that's what you do to celebrities. And where are we looking? We're looking at the celebrity. Mm -hmm. So they take the stack of questions and they go through them one by one. So how do I like my eggs? I like them scrambled. I like them scrambled with salsa and a side of toast. And then they go to the next question. Okay. If there's a question that you don't want to answer, you just go to the end. But I typically start a timer. I start at two-ish minutes and I see how the conversation's flowing. And if it's going great, then I just secretly add another minute in there. And then I'll be like, okay, girls or ladies and gentlemen, because I did this at college, uh, pass your cards. Your celebrity time has come to a close and now it's your next partner's turn. And then after they did that, they got to choose two of their questions from their group and give them to me. Oh, okay. I was the celebrity at the end and I would answer those questions. Oh, that's good. It was fun. That's fun. But you can just do something, just getting them talking to each other and knowing their name. You know, after we would do our circle name, where we're from and something odd about us, when they went back to their tables, they had to practice their names at their table. Okay. Because it was overwhelming to learn 28 people's names. Yes. So let's yeah. make sure that we at least know these four. Mm -hmm. I would say, okay, everybody, at the same time, we're starting at 12 o'clock, say the names at your table. So they were quarrelly saying, just trying to, and then they would, I would usually have a partner activity at some point. And I would say, okay, introduce yourself before you start. Make sure you know each other before you start sharing. Yeah. We're so just trying to build social connections. And That's it's a really, but it, it will pay off in the future. Yeah. I love it. I I another first move you need to do is establish your attention getter. For sure. If you're an elementary teacher, I mean, for sure. So I, I you mean? You, when I am teaching Sunday school or Wednesday nights, this classes change all the time and they'll come in. I'm like, Hey girls and boys, my name is Laura and I'm your teacher for tonight. We're going to have so much fun. When I need your attention, here is how I'm going to get your oh, attention. Oh, how you get their attention. Yes. All set, you bet, or whatever. Right. Uh -huh. Because in elementary school, or if maybe classroom management is a struggle for you, you're going to need an attention getter very soon. Like a call out. Yeah, like a call out. Or when you hear girls and boys or ladies and gentlemen, I need your attention immediately. Yes. I should hear, Stop. I should see your body's turn to me or whatever. Okay. Um, I, I just highly recommend that all my teacher interns going out when we were practicing lessons, if they forgot to teach their attention getter, they were, they would be saying, Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's okay. true. Cause you got to get them, you got to, you send them out to do group work and you've got to get their attention back. Yeah. And then it's, it's a struggle. You know what? Miss Markin, God love her. She's precious. She literally just raised her arm up, like mm -hmm. just raised it up. And when kids would, she didn't even blow a whistle on the playground. She just <laughs> raised her arms. And then one kid would see it. Then 10 kids would be raising their arms. And then they just go get in line. That's she never amazing. raised her voice. She just raised her arm and the kids would just do it. So guess what I did? I raised my raised arm. Because <laughs> she did it. Yeah. Oh, I, I just, 
typically I'm pretty loud and I can get that attention. So I'm, I'm usually a ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys mm-hmm. or students. Let's go. Uh, I don't typically need like a callback. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you like it, you just need something, I think. And that's one of the first moves you need to make is when I need your attention, here's how I'm, here's, yeah. here's how we're going to do it. So, yeah. That's great. Okay, what are we going to do for the rest of the, oh, bless you elementary people who your pullouts have been canceled and you have everybody all day long, but we're going to throw out some ideas for an elementary teacher and for upper level. Some will apply to all, but really our thoughts for, you know, if, if I'm a period by period teacher, I want them to get to know me, get to know each other. I want to take care of some priority business. So some priority procedures and a baby bit of teaching. Yes. And then if I'm an elementary teacher, my goals, my main goals are get to know me, get to know each other, become this community and team and a taste of life, which includes learning. That's true. And I think, okay, so my, I don't have PE today. You know what I'm going to do during that time? I'm going to teach my students how to line up and walk to PE and walk back. We'll practice going to PE. We're just going to practice. We're going to practice how to, how to line up. And I had a very specific way for lining up to go outside and we're going to walk outside. We're not going to play right now. We're just going to practice walking mm-hmm. in the hallway because other people are learning. And then we're going to practice walking back. And, and giving that feedback that whole the, time. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Our classes are canceled. That's okay. We're good. We're just mm-hmm. going to practice going there. <laughs> <laughs> they got to practice how to go to the lunchroom. The way my procedure is for lining up is different than what you had in third grade or second grade or whatever you had last year. So I want to practice that. And then we're going to practice um, my procedure for when we're walking down the hall because we've got to have a plan for that. So I think, okay, so we're not going to have PE today, but we're going to practice going. Right. That's, that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, One thing that I really want to make sure I do on the class on the first day is to set expectations and that is done collectively. So whether I do that as a class promise, um, a social contract, a PBIS matrix, which I love those, Mm -hmm. but what I'm, I'm laying the groundwork for how we will, how we roll in this classroom, but it is a conversation it is because we're a community. And that is K through 99-year-olds. That's like, right. That, is, that needs to be done together. Mm-hmm. And you can get what you want out of it. You know, yeah. if nobody mentions how they want to be treated by others, if nobody mentions using kind words, you'll say, oh, I have an idea, guys. Kind words. What do we think about that? Uh-huh. Right. All of a sudden, it's up on your chart. That's right. We're not going to shame other people. Somebody makes a mistake. Mm-hmm. First of all, boys and girls, Miss Kim's going to be the first person in here that makes a mistake. Other kids will too. We don't laugh at people. We don't shame people. Mm-hmm. We don't make people feel bad about themselves. Right. That's not and, what. And do. here's what we will do. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. let's think about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's good. We've talked about it, but we'll give a preview of life. You know. Um, we have structure. We will have fun. We will learn. We are a family, but I am in control. Yes. Mr. Smith used to call it a bit benevolent dictatorship. I'm a benevolent dictator. 
So I, yeah. I'm in charge and, you know, you can trust me, but, mm-hmm. and we're a family, but yeah. even a family has parents and in this room, it's me. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So let's think of some ideas that we could do content wise, because we are trying to preview. So I've already mentioned a reflection, um, like, you know, we could, uh, sort, you know, I'm thinking if I'm in kindergarten, we could sort possibly some shapes or some colors, probably. If I'm in first grade, I might be able to um, sort sticks and diagonal, you know, slants or whatever. Right. Just You can sort something in phonics. Uh-huh. Elementary, you can do some listening, you know, phonological awareness activities. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's right. We, all my schools, everybody uses Hegarty in Arkansas. So we could teach the procedures for that. Um, how to come to the carpet. So I, I'm going to pull kids to the carpet, little kids for, for certain parts of my day, maybe for read aloud. So um, this is what we do during a read aloud. This is how we come to the carpet. In my classroom, I never said, boys and girls come to the carpet. I had certain songs that I played. And when that music started, they knew to stand up, push their chair in and how to walk because they didn't just run up there. They came in a certain order. So I taught Mm -hmm. them all of that. And then I got them on the carpet and I taught them, okay, when I'm up here, I'm going to have this chart over here and I'm going to be recording things on it. And sometimes you will, you know, I I teach them what that's going to look like. So let's do one today. I'm going to read first day jitters to you Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. I don't know. And then you're you're killing two birds with stone. You're showing them a little bit of content and teaching something, but also teaching your procedures. Yeah. This idea that we're just going to teach procedures is important. It is important. You can't just teach the procedures. Let's, um, I know in our school uses uh, Wilson Reading Foundations. So there's an orientation unit in that for teaching the procedures. That's what that's all about. And even uh, the the core curriculum we use for comprehension and vocabulary and fluency, that that has an orientation unit. So if you do not have a curriculum that uses that, think about, I've got to orient these kids to what that's going to look like. Mm -hmm. So what is my expectation for phonics? What do I want them to do? Are they going to have magnetic letters? What's that going to look like? So let's get that out. Let's teach them how they manipulate the letters, how they put them in order, and then um, how to store them. And how to sort, how to store them. But in that, we're going to build some words too, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to teach you the procedure for what that looks like too. I think, I think that's important. And I think that will help management too. If we're if we just pick priority procedures and teach them that day, and then teach them through content that they're actually doing some different things other than just learning the rules or the ways, you know, it gives a little novelty in their day. Um, If we were in math, I I just always lean back to what did they do last year? And I could teach a little review lesson. Oh yeah. And you could do that in science class too, Mm -hmm. or history class. Right. We talked about giving a preview about, I'd have some kind of PowerPoint. This is what you learned last year, and it's going to help you in this class this way. And so we're going to build on that. And this is what we're going to learn this year. I think about if I were uh, teaching social studies, I could, if I were in the lower level, talking about being a citizen 
um, in the classroom and in the school and state country. Absolutely. If I were in the upper grades, I would be activating those and hold those great lessons on Stanford University. Uh, reading like a historian, you know. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's good. Historian skills. Yeah. Well, really, you could do that in biology, how to read like a scientist, how to read like a mathematician. So what's going to be important for us to pay attention to? Those will be great first day, first week lessons. I think Because those will be the foundations for for your classes. Yeah, yeah. In elementary, I always did a germ activity. I put glitter on everybody's hands. And then I let them walk around the room. And of course, glitter, just a little bit of glitter, but glitter would be everywhere. And that was my representation of our germs. Oh, that's good. <laughs> we saw that they were everywhere. Yeah. And I did a hand washing lesson because that was very important to me. I talked to them about being healthy and how much I needed them there, those things. Mm-hmm. So that's something I did in the elementary class. Also, if you activate classroom jobs, you can talk about you know, how you'll use jobs and why you'll use jobs, all those things. Just keep that simple because that can get oh, huge. Way overwhelming. I can kicking yourself. Yeah. Uh, something uh, that was very important for me was to enroll them in all the programs. So Google Classroom, Google Chat, all those little things that they were going to be using. Mm-hmm. I tried to spread them out in my day because I don't want to, do them all back to back, but I wanted to make sure that we were done, you know, we were finished doing that. Yeah. If you're going to be using Lexia or accelerated reader, whatever. whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've got to get them enrolled in that. And you probably don't want to do all 25 kids or 28 kids or however, whatever the number is in your classroom at one time, but over the course of the day, spend Mm -hmm. some time doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good time. Um, Um, you know, explaining the class schedule or the, or the day, the, the weekly schedule, if you're in elementary, if you're activating your students using a planner, showing them how to use the planner. Yeah. Uh, you know, shared with us that they track their grades and all those things. And so you could teach yeah. how, how to do I that. Think was just beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, give them time to ask us some questions. They may have things they want to know about us or, about this school or what they're going to learn and giving them time to, to ask us some questions. Mm-hmm. And I recommend you starting them off in partners or, you know, maybe they, they write down some questions on their own and they discuss them with some partners or a group and then they share out. Oh, that's good. You know, yeah. if you just say, what questions do you have? Everybody just looks at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you say in your group, I want you to discuss some questions that you have. That is the expectation. And then I want to hear from you. It's just some safety. Yeah. Read aloud. Read aloud to children. Mm-hmm. You know, I did several in a day in my classroom. I think that's, I, I love that time of day with kids. So precious. It's like you've got them in the palm of your hand. I always ended the day with a chapter book. I do things that they aren't going to read. They're not going to read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. They're not going to read Island of the Blue Dolphins. But those are great books. And um, roll of thunder, hear my cry that they probably aren't going to read those. And you need to read ahead above what they can read. So you know, you're modeling good vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they learn so much about the world through books and so much good vocabulary. So I always ended my day with a, a chapter book because it builds a sense of, uh, it makes me want to come back. 
mm-hmm. like, okay. And the next day I'd be like, oh, you want to come back? Or that day I'd say, you want to come back tomorrow so you can find out what's happening in Narnia. And then the next day I'd go all day. Oh guys, I can't wait till the end of the day so we can see what's happening in Narnia. Mm-hmm. So I think that's good. And then um, books for different reasons, like a book to build community. Yeah. If you yeah. see things going on in your classroom, you need some time. Obviously, in, in elementary school, we read to them after they come back from lunch. You know, that just seems like the thing to do or after recess to kind of settle. Um, but I think those are times that you build. It, and it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be 30 minute read aloud, 10 to right. 10 minutes. Just read to them, settle them and give them a, a, a sense of community in their classroom. And we can start with that on the first day of school. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my students had a great idea. She ha- she was teaching math and she had a figure me out. So she would have word problems that led them to her age and how many you know years that she'd been teaching. This is when she was already teaching just different, different little word, different like word problems that would equal a math. I'm not excited. Right. Yeah. Like the year. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, it was pretty much a game and yeah. they loved it. That is great. You can do that with riddles too. You could write some riddles about yourself and let them figure out. That's good. I love that one. Figure me out. Okay. So those are just some ideas that we have. We know that there are many others. We'd love for you to share those yeah. on our Facebook post so everybody else can see them. But it's just so important that you, I think the most important things is we do need some novelty. So we don't want to do the same thing. Even if you teach 47 minutes to a class, it needs to have a little bit of variety in it. And then you need to think about your focus, um, fo- your focus goals. You know, how do you, how do you want to be seen and what do you need to accomplish on that first day? and really be thoughtful about it. Okay. I have a few questions for us to discuss that have been posed to me. So my friend Malia said, okay, you've been teaching all teaching us these lessons that you've got to do procedures. You've got to just, which, what should be our priority procedures? So what, what procedures are needed for the first day? How do you want the first day? How to walk in this classroom. How do you walk in and how do you leave? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, how, when you have a question, what do you do? Yes. Yeah. I always ta- turn and talk and how to talk in a group of four because right. that's how my teach my teaching foundationally is set upon social. And I did not want to start off by saying, okay, talk at your table. I need to. I need to teach how to talk at your table. That's right. You got to get them in Google Classroom, Google Chat. Like, yeah, that's got to be taken care of immediately. So if I I don't know if your school has the Google Chat option, it was a lifesaver for me because they should never have my phone number. I don't want a parent having my phone number. Uh, But Google Chat or, you know, if, if your parents are using Remind, you know, making sure that the kids know about it so they can talk to their parents about it. Uh, anything else that's perceived, you know, like how to, how to line up, which you, you mentioned that that would be for the older ones. Yeah. I'm trying to think about anything else that would be priority bathroom for the elementary people. You don't want your toilet clogged on the first day of school. 
when I need a pencil mm-hmm. or I need a piece of paper, what do I do? Yeah. 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 I think those are things that are just daily things that you, my, my pencil breaks. What do I do? Right. Yeah. So be thinking about, first of all, I think teachers, we as teachers need to do an inventory of what will it take for your classroom to move, to run very smooth. And then you think about how can you schedule the teaching of those over time? Right. Because you can't do everything the first day no. and have a people who are wanting to come back. Yeah, they won't. They'll be like, I'm not. Mm-mm. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. So the pacing, you know, think about what is it going to, what do they need to know the first day of school? What do they need to know the second? And then just think about as we introduce things, then I can teach that. So when it, when I'm ready to let students start checking out books, then I can teach that when Kim's ready to open the writing center, then she'll teach the procedures for that. I'm not going to teach everything the first day. Mm-mm. Not even the first day. They won't week. learn it. No. <laughs> Teaching and learning can be mutually exclusive. I can stand <laughs> up and teach a lot of things. Like I taught my dog to whistle, but he still can't whistle. Those don't, we have to, we, we have to train children really mm-hmm. to do um, these procedures, train them in the procedures. So I think pick out the things that are essential for that first day mm-hmm. and then tomorrow. And then decide they're if you need it tomorrow or you need it next week. That's right. That's yeah. right. We don't need to train sinners the first day of school. Oh, good grief. God, don't let even you think about it. <laughs> don't, we're not going to think about that right now. No, and well, really, good. I'm not even going to teach my homework um, procedure no. on the first day of school because I'm not doing homework. No, really, no. rarely do I do it. But when I do, then that's when I'll teach it. Right. That's right. So. That's right. Okay, Laura, when I was in high school, we <laughs> had to do this. We had to do the handbook every day for the first week, and then we'd have tests over it. And it was so boring. I wanted to gouge my eyes out as a kid. So I was just saying boo in my head. I know. (laughs) So what are some alternatives? Obviously, they have to know what's in the handbook. I'm not saying that's not important Mm -hmm. because it is. Right. Because we have to be able to refer back to that and say, you know what? This is in the handbook on this page. And and that's a rule that you've broken and we have to deal with it. Mm It's not up to me. That's something the school board approved. However, how can we do the handbook, air quotes, and make it engaging and And, fun and interesting and and memorable? Yeah. Memorable, not memorable. And make make them remember it. Yes. Okay. So for higher level, which I figure you could do this for lower level too, but just a scavenger hunt. Yeah, so they had a cute little piece of paper that I had made, and I would just say hashtag the attendance policy with three hashtags. Summarize the grading policy in ten words or less. So they were just looking for specific things as they went through the handbook or the syllabus or whatever. And did they do that with partners or groups? They they had I gave them the option because okay. it was the first day. So I said, you know, you can work it individually, you can work it with a partner or the people at your table. Mm-hmm. They had limits though. They couldn't go they couldn't move around the room. And okay. I just picked a few things, the highlights to review at the end. 
Yeah. So throw me out some hashtags, everybody, about attendance policy. And it's like, be here. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is what's going to happen. Hashtag be here. Hashtag don't skip. But that yeah. was easy. And it, it wasn't me reading stuff to them. And then they were actually digging into it. Yeah. So, I think a scavenger hunt's fun for kids. I, I don't know if you shared this with me or Amy or somebody, but it was an escape room. I did that twice. I did it. It's fun. It is fun. And they <laughs> were unlocking codes. It was so, we found it, I think, on the teacher love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was very fun and it was back to school and it literally taught the handbook. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And kids love escape rooms. What <laughs> teachers do. I've done them in workshops with teachers. They're fun to do. Yeah. I should do that in my next workshop. Yeah. It's fun. And then if you don't, you know, not doing a scavenger hunt or escape room, you could still activate some different partner work or group work, just posing questions to them and having them find the answers rather than us just standing up there. And of course we can hit highlights and know what we want to review, but we we really need to involve our students in this handbook stuff if we want them to know it. That's right. I always like to role play with littles, Mm -hmm. little kids. You know, we, we role play how to do things right. And then I'll get some kid to pretend to not, line up correctly or whatever it is that we're working on. So we role play how to do it correctly. And what do we do um, if we mess up and, or if, you know, have another child role play it incorrectly and the kids love it. They love to role play. Oh, you, I know they're, I can just picture them laughing. Oh, that's right funny. With that. You're like, no, no, that's not where the stapler goes. Don't do that. <laughs> that's not right. Yeah. And then we talk about, okay, what did uh, Laura do? She, she, uh, she did what I told her to do. She did it incorrectly. So let's think about all the things she did and should have done. What could she have done differently? Mm-hmm. Not just what's wrong, but what, what should we do and how can we fix that? Right. I think so that can always be our focus. What, yeah. How should we be doing it? Yes. So I know you use scenarios. Yeah. And they have to use the handbook to solve the scenario. That's right. So you just write them up on a piece of paper, pass mm-hmm. them out. They draw one out. They have a scenario as a group. And then they use the saw, the the handbook to figure out, you know, what what the punishment would be for that. Or how, how can you avoid that? How can you avoid it? Yeah. So yeah. that's a and good And then one. Jeopardy, those, you know, online games. You could always oh, play games sure. with those. So. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Our last topic is the first week is so hard. Uh, I mean, Valentine's Day is hard, but yes, first you know, week is very hard. And you lose your voice because you do so much talking mm-hmm. with, with oh, and your feet hurt. You've not been used to standing on concrete floors. Yeah. For all that time. Wear some nice on clouds or Hoka <laughs> shoes. Comfy <laughs> shoes are, are, of the utmost importance that yeah. first week. So um, how can we, how else can we take care of ourselves? Kim, do you have any ideas for Well, I'm calling you. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. Phoning a friend and talking mm-hmm. through what was great and then problem solving situations. I think so. For sure. Or, I'd have you yeah. on my speed dial. Yeah. The crop pot meals we shared. Oh, uh-huh. it's making sure that you've really taken care of yourself and good nutrition, tasty you know, something great to eat. That's right. 
eat some fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eat well, take a walk, talk with mm-hmm. friends, trying to get good sleep. Really, really trying. I I really tried to have my first week pretty planned out with materials and all those things before it started. So the first week was just a look because, you know, you're just being thrown with so many things that I'm not very stressed about tomorrow. I can I can tackle those things that I have to do today. That's right. And, you know, you and I've said this a lot, but give yourself grace if you didn't get something done today. It's okay. what, they're coming back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, guys, we wish you the very best first day and first weeks. We, um, we're we excited for you and just want it to be the very best. We so. want you to have a great year. This is, a, this is the best profession, in my opinion, and I love it, and I want you to love it, and I don't want you to burn yourself out. Mm-hmm. So if we can help. What's our saying? If we can help, oh, let me get it. We hope that today has helped you in some way. Our goal is to help at least one teacher help one student one day and one time. Thank you so much for listening and happy school year. We'll see you next time.